Super. Well, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm going to sit down tonight and just share a little bit with you. It, it is um, so interesting of God how amazing he is. I had uh, no idea that uh, Sister Dalita would read, was going to be reading um, The Encroaching Darkness. Uh, Sunday, when, of course, we were out of town this last Sunday, and we see, uh, spent some time with our grandson, oldest grandson, and, and the Lord just gave me this uh, the subject, he said, I want you to talk about the encroaching darkness. And, and, she, and uh, there, there was an old article that I had no idea that I had written. It's been uh, some time ago. It was so appropriate. So I wanted to talk to you about the encroaching darkness, and this has to do with where we are in our salvation history and uh, what's going on in uh, the atmosphere and the environment around us. Uh, I think so many Christians, uh, uh, too many, seem to think that um, there's no hope or they're running uh, here and there trying to find some solution to what's going on. And so I wanted to talk about that, the encroaching darkness. Uh, to encroach, uh, what does that mean, encroach? Uh, to advance beyond proper or established or unusual limits. You know, there are things that we have, we talked about normal a lot, and there are, are limits that we think, okay, even bad people don't go beyond that generally. And so we're living in a place, in a, in a t time period rather, uh, where uh, darkness is advancing beyond what we are accustomed to. And it's also uh, encroached to, could mean also to make gradual inroads. That is, uh, the enemy has always attacked what is good. He has attacked the church of Jesus Christ. But it seems to me like he's getting some help from the inside. And so I think uh, that's why the Lord wants me to talk about these things. That is, how is it that so many of us are distracted? I know we talk about these things in, in a sermon uh, uh, here and there in a message, but I want to specifically uh, just uh, bring these things to, to the fore so that we will understand what the enemy is doing, making gradual inroads. He's trespassing on property that doesn't belong to him. And so he's become emboldened. Um, and uh, also to encroach uh, could mean um, uh, just to come against the rights of somebody else, you know evil people. So Paul looks at this uh, from this particular angle in chapter, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 13 and 15, 13 through 15. So Paul tells us that we are not to be surprised by what's going on in the world. We're not to, be, you know, oh my goodness, oh my God. He says we're not to be, this is what Paul teaches us. He says evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. So what, sometimes we say things like, well, things are the same. Uh, we, it's just that we have uh, more awareness of them. There's some, some truth there. However, the scripture says they will grow worse and worse. And, and the scripture says they will dis 
deceiving and being deceived. So the deceiver is also being deceived. But you must continue. So Paul changes the direction. He said, but you must continue in the things which you have learned. So it's not time to throw out your Christian education because of what you see and go, we've got to do something. We've already doing something. And we're praying. We're following Jesus. We're doing whatever he tells us to do. And so Paul tells us that, but you, speaking to Timothy, men of God, women of God, must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. So there was a time we were very sure about our salvation. We were sure that God spoke to us. We were sure that we had the knowledge of God. But now we suddenly are unsure. Spiritual warfare has taken on a different dimension. And I've noticed that for now a few years, I've seen it develop. A number of years ago, I said to Brother Alan Vincent, I said, Alan, it seems like spiritual warfare is is uh, ramping up. I mean, this thing is getting worse and worse. It seems to be different. He says, yes, I've noticed that. And what I'm saying is that spiritual warfare is not you and I going on a rampage against the devil as much as it is through our faith resisting him and, and um, um, continuing in the things that we have learned and have been assured of. We, there was a time when we knew that God spoke. And we knew that God performed miracles. We knew that God was a deliverer, a deliverer. We knew that God was a redeemer. So just because I feel bad and I'm sick today doesn't mean that God has changed. Amen. So Paul tells us not only to continue the things we've learned and been assured of, but knowing from whom you have learned them. You've know, you, you know those from whom you learned those things. He said, so Paul is, is showing that God's word is credible in every regard, even to the vessel. doesn't mean that, that that vessel is a totally perfect vessel, but it means that God trusted this vessel to give this vessel the word of life, and you know that. And Paul, of course, could speak from himself uh, for himself in that he was the, uh, the apostle who, he said, labored more abundantly than all of them. But the Holy Spirit allowed him to say that. He wasn't a, a braggart, but he was saying that. So we need to know those who are among us. And he goes on to say, and to Timothy, and that from childhood, you've known the Holy Scriptures. You've known the sacred Scriptures from childhood. Many of us have known the Scriptures from childhood. We may not have known all of what they meant. But, but it's like my wife would say, but we could recite them. And we recited them until we learned what they meant. Amen. So you have known the Holy Scriptures, many of us from childhood. You have known uh, the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. So, he, so Paul is saying that the Word of God is not meant to get you uh, through this crisis till you get to the next crisis. The Word of God is there to make you wise, to cause you to walk in this life as a wise person, a person of light, not of darkness, 
Amen. And, and so let us continue to, to rely on the Word of God, to know the Word of God, and to know that the Word of God has never failed you or anyone else and never will. So we don't have to run to people who have just sort of appeared and now they seem to have some answers that we have never known before. That's not accurate at all. And, and we need to understand, no, you have the Word of God embedded in you. Embedded in you. And so Paul says, um, the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation. Now, how is it accomplished? He says, through faith. Through you believing and trusting, he says, which is in Christ Jesus. So this faith is in Christ Jesus. I, I often say, uh, quote the scripture, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Because there are sometimes you and I feel like maybe God has forsaken us for a moment. And some of you may say, well, I've never felt like that. Well, you just haven't lived long enough. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you just got, got out of the womb. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it feels like that. But those feelings are lying feelings. So God wants us to understand that. So Satan is out to destroy the church. So he's, he's after the church. He's, he has done a pretty good job, I hate to say it, in causing us to believe that we have another mission somehow. Our mission is the same as it was 2,000 years ago. Our mission was to trust that dying, bleeding man hanging on the cross and to take the message of this blind, dying, bleeding man who died and was resurrected on the third day to take that to the whole world. Nobody has seen what that, blind, that uh, dying, bleeding man did. Nobody's seen that except we tell them. And so this is what happened. So this is the mission of the church. So we have been guilty of mission creep. We have allowed the mission to creep away from this one man, Jesus, who the Bible says, the Holy Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. It's not this, this nebulous faith. It's, it's not just some thing in the air, but it's faith in a concrete person, Jesus Christ, who he is and what he's done. So Satan is out to destroy the church. Our victory over him comes not by uh, our power or, or our might, but by the Holy Spirit get, uh, who gives us an understanding of Christ's victory on the cross. So it's the Holy Spirit who gives us that understanding. When you look at Christ dying on the cross at his weakest, as it were, in death, being greater and more powerful than the devil at the zenith of his power, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was defeating the devil in dying. What does he do in living? You know? So we have to understand that. Things haven't changed for us. It's the same. We believe in God through Jesus Christ. And so, so we are to understand uh, Christ's victory on the cross, and we are not only just to say, okay, I give mental assent to that, but we are also to appropriate that victory on the cross. So what that victory meant to Jesus and all humanity, it means to me as an individual. 
it means the same thing. It's my overcoming victory. That is my victory that's been gifted to me. I don't have to fight for it. I didn't have to die for it. I have to receive it by faith. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So this is victory given to us. Satan's lie is that we're the same as we've always been. Our struggles are the same as they've always been. But so now we need something to arise on the horizon to do what uh, we've not had done. Uh, we, we need something on the uh, uh, horizon now that can deal with the particular demons that are in the last days. No, the same power that dealt with demons then is the same power that deals with them now. And the Bible says, greater is he who is within you than he who is in the world. And that is the truth of God, and nothing can change that. No situation, no circumstance can change that. So, so that, there's something special. Uh, they say, well, there's something special that men have to do to free, us, to free us from this attack. No, my faith in Christ frees me, as it were, from that attack. Yes, prayer works. Uh, I remember a number of years ago uh, when the fellowship was quite young, uh, uh, we had some people coming, and they were just doing just all kinds of things. Excuse me. And uh, some people had the special power to lay hands on you, while the rest of us didn't supposed to have it. And um, they, they were specially gifted to do that. There are gifts from God. There are a lot of amazing gifts from God. And, and we all have varying, to get, uh, varying gifts. But I would say to you, there is no gift that we need, that God hasn't already given to us. There's no gift. It's in the body of Christ. The body of Christ is complete and whole. And there's not, no part that's missing. And we have to understand that. We are more than able, the scripture says, we're more than able to take the country. If, if God delights in us, he'll give us that good land that is before us with Joshua and Caleb. And so I want you to just settle down and relax and believe. Yes, prayer works. However, it is the cross that frees the repentant sinner. Faith in Christ's finished work takes us out of Satan's jurisdiction. We're never going back into Satan's jurisdiction. Satan has no jurisdiction over us. No jurisdiction over us. Remember in Colossians chapter 1, some of my favorite scriptures, Colossians chapter 1. Uh, let's look at verses 12 through 14. It says, giving thanks to the Father. Are you there? I'm sorry. You there? Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And so we are taking part of our inheritance, the inheritance of the saints in the light. I mean, not in the darkness. Darkness is encroaching, but no, we are in the light. And when the light is shining, you see how impotent darkness really is. It totally flees. He says, he, speaking of God, he has delivered us. Now, that's a past tense statement. He delivered us on the cross. So my victory, perhaps is 2021, 2021, I realized my victory. I realized a victory that was given to me on the cross. 
So tomorrow, I, I can realize the victory tomorrow that was given me tomorrow, I realized it. It was given to me on the cross. And listen to what he says. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. He has conveyed us, transferred us into a whole new kingdom. So just because I'm sitting here in these particular chairs, in this particular building, in this location in Corpus Christi, Texas, I'm not at a, at a greater advantage than those who are online. And listen, this is what he's done. He's conveyed those online into another kingdom. Although they're physically there and we're physically here, we are literally, really in another kingdom. It's called the kingdom of light. This kingdom of the son of his beloved son, the son of his love, it's what my version says, but of, the, of his beloved son, that's where we live. That's where we have our sphere of activity. That's our sphere of operation is in the light. And then he says, in whom, in, in Christ Jesus, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So then what that means is that we're in another sphere. Now, there are uh, believers who don't act like they're in another sphere. They're doing the same things that people in the dark do. Uh, do. Same thing. So we need to keep living right and expose those, those people. Just keep living right, and then it'll be very clear, ah, oh, this brother, this sister needs a little more help. Amen. Amen. Uh, listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 8 through 14. For you were once darkness. You were what? You were once darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. So you are now defined not by what you were. Now the darkness keeps trying to define you according to its own definition. But the scripture says... You are, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And then he gives a command. Walk as children of light. That's a command. Not only is that a command, it's not a command that per se gives you something to do. Like, okay, let me work this up. It gives you something to be. Be who you are. That's what he's saying. You know, parents would often tell their children, I know we told ours growing up, you act like you're a Lavelle. What's wrong with you? Act like you're a Lavelle. We don't do that. No, we don't do that just because that's our surname. We don't do that because we've been born again. We're born again, folks. We're individually born again. We're a born again family. You don't do that. And so sometimes I think we just need to say that to each other. Okay. And he goes on in verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of light. You're now light. So the fruit of light is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So where do you find it? All goodness, righteousness, and truth. And it also, light, is finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And now as I... I'm in the light, and I'm walking in all goodness, 
good deeds. My activities are good. They're wonderful. They're not harmful. They're filled with righteousness and justice and truth. Now, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. When I'm walking like that, I can find out what is acceptable to the Lord. When I'm walking in light, I know what is acceptable to the Lord. So you don't need somebody to come and tell you what you've already learned and what you've already been walking in. And just because the intensity of spiritual warfare has just ramped up doesn't mean that you're not a warrior. It doesn't mean that. Amen. So to live as children of light, one must discern what pleases the Lord. So learn what pleases the Lord. I learn what pleases the Lord by the study of the Word of God, but also by being around other light bearers. I mean, sometimes your light shines so brightly, I'm going, whoa! You know? Because that's what you're doing for me. Sometimes the words from your mouth are just full of light, full of goodness, full of righteousness, and full of truth. So the behavior of the Christian should always correspond with his position. So my, my behavior should correspond to my position as light. So since you are children of light, since your very nature is spiritual light, you are to live accordingly. That's our very nature now. <clears throat> I can't live contrary to my, my nature. You can't live contrary to your nature. You need to find out what the will of Lord, the Lord is and then walk in it. How do I walk in it? By the power of the Holy Spirit. I walk in that. I don't have to strive. I don't, you don't have to strive to be who you are. You are who you are. You don't strive. You don't work hard. I'm working at being who I am. No, you're working at being something other than who you are. But you don't work hard. It just flows. And that's what God wants us to understand. He is, we are new creation. And we can just flow in that new creation. When you are, yes, go ahead and give Jesus. Amen. In Philippians chapter 1. Verse 9, and this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. So God makes us wise. We don't need to go to the world for wisdom. And now, you know, if you hear me preach or teach, you think, well, does this man hate the world? No, I just hate the things that are in the world. I mean, I don't hate the, the, the cosmos, but I hate worldliness. And he says that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus to the glory and the praise of God. And that's what Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And then Paul tells us, we go back to just a moment. Let's go back to Ephesians 5, 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, 
Just the darkness is encroaching. And many of those who are in the dark are saying to believers, you should be doing such and such. Amen. You should. How can dark, darkness instruct light? I, I'm not talking about being arrogant. But darkness has nothing to tell you. You and I get our instructions from above. And we must walk in that reality and not allow darkness to give us its own agenda, even when it seems good. We don't walk in it. We walk in the light. We walk in the light. And when Christians conduct themselves as children of light, they always expose the deeds of darkness. It doesn't always seem apparent immediately, but it, it, it happens. It's not always instantaneous that you will see, but if you keep on living, keep on being, you will always expose the deeds of darkness. Paul tells us in verse 12, for it is, it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light. So what Paul is teaching us is that we're living in a day when evil men, perilous times have come. Evil men will grow worse and worse, but you and I are the reason people are able to see their dark deeds is because what makes manifest is light. Darkness cannot manifest darkness. Darkness cannot negate darkness. Only light can expose it. Verse 14 says, Paul's, when he makes this statement in verses uh, 12 and 13, he says, Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And so this is what God has done for us. I'm, I'm going to move a bit rapidly, and I will read a little bit here, and I'll conclude for the evening. The whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. Sometimes we act like we have pieces of the armor, but there are others who have other pieces of the armor together, but we all have the whole armor. Each of us has the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in, not in yourself, not in your own intelligence, but in the Lord. If I've determined, Paul says, to, to know nothing among you except Jesus, Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's powerful. And so Paul says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. What he's able to do what he has accomplished. Put on the whole armor of God. Saying, be intentional about walking in what God has gifted you with. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That means lies of the devil, tricks of the devil, schemes of the devil, craftiness of the devil, and many more if you can name them. He said, you have to have the whole armor that you, that you know 
the devil's tricks and his games that he plays, vicious, evil mind games. This is available for each one of us in this building. It's not available just for some a pastor, a preacher, an evangelist, a prophetic type. No, for all of us. And he says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So that means Democrats and Republicans are not my enemies. Thank you for that precious Lord. They're not my enemies. My neighbor who is mean-spirited is not my enemy. The guy who cuts me off in traffic and then gives me a gesture that I don't appreciate is not my enemy. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We don't battle against flesh and blood. You know, liars. There's a song when I was a boy used to say, I think it goes like this, Jesus is getting us ready for that great day. Jesus is getting us ready for that great day. Who shall be able to stand? It says liars will be running on that great day. Liars will be running on that great day. Who shall be able to stand? So you now have discernment from God. The, the, the darkness is encroaching and saying, believe my lie. But they say, what's your truth now? What is the next lie? So you and I are purveyors of truth, not of worldly positions. And Jesus is making that more plain every day. Spiritual warfare is really ramped up. And what the enemy is doing now, he is coming against us with some of whatever frailties you and I might have. He's um, emphasizing those. Just hitting them, hitting them day after day after day after day after day. Day after day after day. After day. Hitting us. Trying to damage us. So Paul says, we do not wrestle. We don't fight. We don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. It's a spiritual battle. It's not a fleshly battle. All evil has the same source. doesn't matter whether it is a, a hijacker a rioter, a rogue policeman. All evil has the same source. All of it. There's no good evil. So Paul says, our battle is in the heavenly places through spiritual warfare, fighting the good fight of faith, believing when it doesn't look like this thing is going to happen, come to pass, God's word will never fail. So Paul says, therefore, since your battle is there, take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. 
you want to be fully equipped. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having girded your waist with truth, always be of the truth. It doesn't matter who speaks it. Truth is truth. Having, your, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So having all these things, having done all to stand, stand, having girded your waist with truth, keep it on, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, keep it there, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, keep it there, above all, taking the shield of faith. Because in these times, you're going to have to have your faith. The enemy is always after your faith. Every time he attacks you, it's after your faith. You say, well, the devil is attacking me. Yes, it's your faith. He can't get you unless he can get you to give up your faith. Taking the shield of faith. Above all, take your shield. Don't leave your shield of faith. with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. All, not some, not most, all. Hallelujah, all. Your shield of faith may be a mustard size, a mustard seed size. But this is what I want you to know. That a mustard seed faith moves mountains. So my faith is small. But it's necessary. It moves mountains. It's mountain moving faith. Then Paul says, take the helmet of salvation. Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer. With all prayer. And supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's what you're to do today in this hour. Thank you. And let me just say, the devil was not going to rob me of sharing this message tonight. So in Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed.